You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast with your host, Mr. Green. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for streaming or wherever you happen to be listening to this particular program. I appreciate you. We have uh, gone through quite a, a season. Uh, before I go into anything, I want to thank Access TV for allowing me to go through this Review along with them, and uh, I, I probably wouldn't probably wouldn't have been possible if they hadn't uh, said, "Hey, yeah, we like you to review our stuff." So I, I want to publicly thank them for allowing me the opportunity to check out these shows, check out the matches, and, and, and uh, get to really, along with you guys, know a lot of the wild superheroes that, as the time has rolled on. Uh, and really incorporate it into the existing podcast. So I uh, just wanted to get that little public shout out there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of stuff. If you're listening to this now and if uh, I managed to keep this on a, the time frame that I was intending, then this is releasing. I mean, I'm, a, I'm ahead of this recording right now. So, so this should be releasing Saturday at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Normally, normally these were dropping at nine, but as it stands right now, Wow had a two-hour spectacular, or or at least double episodes. We'll, we'll say that. So with them doing that, they are wrapping up some things and then setting up some new storylines here and and all that good stuff. And uh, so it is going to be a lot to cover. I, I want to make a couple of notes as i'm going down the line though so it will not all be necessarily wow related as far as these notes are concerned but the bulk of it for those of you that tuned in for wow you're gonna get wow so you know just just stay tuned for that so that being said let's let's roll on into this thing let's let's talk about uh the world of women's wrestling as we know it today and the first thing that's coming up as I'm recording this is the news that Kelly Klein has been released from her Ring of Honor uh, contract or her Ring of Honor obligations, and which is odd because she is the current, or I guess was, the current Ring of Honor Women of Honor champion. Uh, she's the three-time Women of Honor champion, but this does come on the heels of of uh, Kelly backing up what Joey Mercury has said. I mean, Mr. Mercury had some. Uh, some comments about some of the backstage ongoings with with Ring of Honor as of late, um, and it doesn't appear that there was uh, uh, what, what's a nice way to say. Well, I guess not very nice. You know, he was he wasn't mean, but but he did expose some things. We'll, we'll put it that way. So you know, I don't, from what I remember reading, he he didn't come off like 
just a bitter guy or anything, but he but he did pull back the curtain on some things. Like, look, this is what happens here. And uh, Kelly was one of the people that were brought up in that, and, and she kind of echoed that sentiment. And it appears that this, I don't know if I would say the punishment, but this seems to be the result, which is very unfortunate because I know that she was uh, pretty well loyal to Ring of Honor, uh, even as far back as when I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with her and, and uh, had an interview. She wasn't known as the gatekeeper at the time when I spoke with her. If you go back on the interview, she's listed as the pretty badass. Uh, and also, she was, who was she wrestling that night? Um, man, I'm drawing a blank right now. But you can, you can go into the archives and you can find uh, uh, Stormy Lee, Stormy Lee, the queen of the Southeast, Stormy Lee. That's who she was wrestling. And, uh, you know, they, they had a pretty good match that night. You know, um, when I spoke to her then, she still was, you know, pretty comfortable and happy with, with Ring of Honor and, and whatnot. I mean, I, I I guess things change and what have you. And also, and I don't know how much of this is uh, common knowledge or whatnot, but, you know, she, she has another gig. It's not like Ring of Honor was her primary source of income. It wasn't then. It isn't now. Uh, they did release her her money. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's probably not what she wanted them, you know, people to do. It's like, hey, this is how much I earn from Ring of Honor because it does kind of dispel the illusion of you know you making good cash off of uh, off of wrestling. But in any case. Um, <sighs> That that's not her primary gig, so I, I say that to say she's she's not going to be on the street, and you know even if that was, I think she would be picked up relatively quickly. You know she's a, like I said, very talented. Uh, she, she was pretty much the definition of that that uh, division. I'm, I'm curious as to what they're going to do. Are, are they even going to keep a women's division without Kelly Klein there, or are they just going to throw somebody else into the championship and and try their best? This is not the first time that we've heard some people just kind of depart from Ring of Honor. I mean, we, Tennille Dashwood make, made a stop through there at one point. Um, uh, Mad- Madison Rain, yeah, Madison Rain made a stop through there at one point and she left. So, you know, I don't know what the deal is with their women's division at this point, but it doesn't seem to be on the best of, of plateaus, so to speak. And, you know, you also have to take into account that Ring of Honor isn't the talk of the town these days either. You know, one point in time, as related to wrestling, Ring of Honor was like the the, the place. If you, if you was a, a wrestling fan, you, almost all of them talked about Ring of Honor at some point. But today, man, you know, you, you got so many other different options and and. Some of them that have done Ring of Honor better than Ring of Honor used to do. Um, you know, you got your AEWs and got MLW and NWA Power and, you know, NXT. Just just a, a wide array of, of wrestling promotions. And, you know, that's just me scratching the surface. I'm pretty sure there are dozens of independents that's out there that's on streaming services and so on and so forth. So... You know, it's not like uh, it's not like Ring of Honor sitting at the the top of the heap as far as that's concerned anymore. And secondly, it's not like 
Kelly doesn't have any place to go. I think she's uh, recovering from some injuries, but ultimately when she gets healed up, she she'll have locations, she'll have options. I'm I'm very very positive about that. So publicly, get well soon, Kelly Klein. Uh, Miranda Gordy. For those of you who don't know, that's another name that has kind of hit the scene. Um, I think in, in recent months before she was a valet. And for those who don't know, she is the daughter of former Fabulous Freebird, the late, great Terry Bam Bam Gordy. She she is uh, now taking her chance and stepping up as the next second generation daughter to get in there and do this thing. And the news here isn't necessarily that she is getting into wrestling. As I said, she was already in there. And she you know, worked as a valet. She's transitioned over into being an in-ring competitor now. The news here is that she has put on her Twitter that she will be going to Japan. So she's really following her father's footsteps. Because, you know, that's a leg of his career that you know, I think some people have kind of um, forgotten about. Or at least they kind of overlook it. He's always lumped into Terry Bam and Gordon, Freebird, Freebird, Freebird. And that's true. You know, that that's one of the things that really defined his career. But one of the second legs of his career was that, that run in Japan. You know, him not only against Dr. Death Steve Williams, but with Dr. Death Steve Williams as the uh, miracle violence connection, some people used to call him. Uh, and they were the first team to get together and really uh, definitively beat the Steiner brothers. Maybe definitive is a strong one, but they, they were the ones to put their shoulders to the mat and beat them and beat them, you know, pretty much uh, standing toe-to-toe with them. So, I, you know, I, I haven't had opportunity to see how Miranda's style of wrestling works. You know, I'm, I'm, you, you would guess if you were going off of emulation that she would be somewhat a powerhouse, but again, we, we have to kind of tune in and see, but I just want to pass that news along. Uh, there's a, a, an article that was floating around stating that Ronda Rousey retires from WWE. Uh, th- that is also a, a link that I put on to our Facebook page, Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you haven't gone there, you should go and uh, click that link. And, you know, matter of fact, follow the page for other things like that. But the point of me bringing that up is, is that it comes off as such a clickbait article. Um, because they, they have it listed as she retires from WWE, but this, when you click into it and you start reading it, 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 then it becomes pretty iffy. It turns into, well, you know, she said this on Total Divas, and, uh, you know, this was taped a couple of months ago, and, you know, she, yes, she wants to start a family, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Listen, I, I'm, I say all of that to say that I'm not going to say that she is not retiring, because I'm... Even if she has a contract, I'm pretty sure Ronda Rousey is has enough leverage in her professional career at this point to where if she wants to step away from it, she does. And it's not a secret that she said that she is looking to start a family before it's too late. That, that seems to be like the next thing on her plate to do. And if that's what she's going to do, that's, you know, that's going to knock out of the, the, the running for at least nine to ten months you know 11 <laughs> somewhere in there depending on how fast she wants to step back in a ring somewhere but uh the point here is if you have come across that article don't be taking it just off of the title read through it i see so many people that just 
read the headline like, oh man, she's retiring. No, look, just read these articles. And, and you know, maybe that should just be a public service announcement for all articles that come on your social on your feed, uh, whatever social media platform that you have. Read the article. Because, you know, it is so disturbing that people just look at the headlines and run with it. They they sensationalize headlines for a reason, folks. They just want you to click it and, well, not click it. They want you to see it and just kind of pass it around, which is what happens. People see it and they pass it around. And I would say 90% of the people that just repost it never read a thing whatsoever. So that's a little public service announcement. Anyway, let's get into... Wow, Women of Wrestling, this is episodes, we're doing back-to-back episodes, 11 and 12, so man, I think this, I don't know when they're planning on coming back, but I think we're halfway through, I thought they they uh, intended for 24 episodes this, this season, so it's going to be interesting. So, <sighs> episode 11, we see a tag team tournament recap. This is the first time that we are seeing the teams fully addressed in a tag team format. You're seeing it from start to you know start to finish. Uh, who has gone through who? Who's been eliminated? You know they didn't necessarily do it in a traditional format, but you get the point. You're seeing who's been knocked off, who's advanced, and so on and so forth. And they are setting this thing up for the finals. In this episode, the tag team championships are the championships that will headline the show, as it should be. It's been building for weeks. I still maintain that I would have liked to have seen the uh, uh, the tag team brackets or something of that effect. Not that they did anything wrong. I just wanted to know who's in there. I mean, and, you know, that maybe that's a nitpicking thing. But I, I would have liked to have seen that up front. I don't, I don't know. Maybe why I didn't even know who they was going to have in there until they started – actually having a tournament but it would have been nice it would have been nice to have that kind of uh set up for the show and and know what you were dealing with the second segment here siren she does a promo furthering the princess ozzy storyline or you know princess ozzy siren holiday storyline uh if you have not heard me talk about one nina monet before who is the uh uh, person behind Siren, the voodoo doll. One thing that you are going to get out of Siren, I'll, I'll refer to her by a wild name, is that she she can deliver on the microphone. She always has been able to deliver on the microphone. She always will be able to you know, deliver on the microphone. And uh, this is no surprise. The, the one thing I, I, I keep forgetting to try to find out is, is she responsible for, for the lines that she is spouting in these promos rather than having them written for her. I, my best guess is that it's being written and she probably has some sort of collaborative effort in there because she's, I mean, she spins it out so naturally. I mean, it's just, if you watch those promos that she's doing with the tarot cards and sitting in the room, she just delivers that so naturally. And, and it's not very far from the Nina Monet that you see on independent shows today. She you now is very uh, voodoo-ish. And so I think that WOW took a page from that and incorporated her uh, voodoo elements into Siren the Voodoo Doll. But Nina Monet on independence, Siren on WOW, two sides of the same coin. 
Uh, very, 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 very close to each other. But this is uh, setting up what should be going into the uh, Aussie storyline. Um, she is wonderful here, but I still am kind of up in the air. Like, I don't understand what necessarily is happening to Ozzy. It hasn't unfolded in front of our faces. There's been a lot of talk about it. And there's been a lot of commentators, you know, commentating about it. But we haven't really seen the effect that, you know, is supposed to be taking place in Ozzy's life or her wrestling life, what have you. Uh, again, maybe a nitpick. That might be a nitpick. I don't know, but that that's that was one of the first things I felt is like, where mm, I don't know what what this is going on with Ozzy. You know, she's she's played her part. They've recapped this story a couple of times. I've seen the same footage you so you know. In my view, I thought at least one good promo from her would work, and not necessarily a promo where she's got to be edited and flipping camera angles and all this stuff. I was like, just a basic promo. Just put on the microphone and explain what is happening or something of that effect so so I can get the idea of what's going on. Even if she was, like, asked to do an interview and she walked away, that, that would be something. I was like, okay, she's acting weird. But I haven't gotten any of that. So we'll move on. Segment three. The Psycho Sisters, we know the Psycho Sisters, Razor, Fury, and Mesmera, they cut a promo and essentially put out an open challenge. In this promo, Mesmera actually spoke. I know when I, when she did it the first time, I said she said all the two words, and, and that was it. But here she actually had some lines. She, she said something, you know, I don't remember what it was, but, but she, she, she said something. I was like, oh, man, she actually talked. So she's not a mime or whatever the case may be. Uh, I'll get it into Mesmer later. Let me, let, me, let me not start on that right now. So they put out the open challenge. And the next segment basically has that open challenge answered. And it's answered by Sassy Massey, Keita Rush, and Chantilla Chella in a promo. And then it's pretty straightforward and to the point. It's like, hey, you know, we're not scared. Let's go get it. And so now you got the baby faces going out to the ring to take on the Psycho Sisters. Uh, when I heard this match laid out, I was like, okay, my bet is on the Psycho Sisters. If for no other reason than it seems like WoW has kind of invested a lot into them. Like we we are uh, uh, pushing them as one of our, our next great teams, so to speak. So it, it it wasn't really surprising to me all all together, but but again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So the next segment, segment five, the Psycho Sisters versus Sassy Massey, Keita Russian, Chinchilla Chella. The baby faces are attacked from behind because they did the dumb baby face thing and got up on the turnbuckles and turned their backs completely to every heel that was in the ring. They all charged across, boom, 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 knock them down. Now I will not be going. Uh, blow for blow here because th- th- these are two episodes. This is going to take far too long to try to cover all of that. So I'm going to give the, uh, the 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 highlights as as we like to call it. So it's no surprise, but the baby faces turn it around. Now I said I was going to get back to Mesmer, and here it comes. And before I even say a word about Mesmer on here, let me just say again, and I know I've said this in previous podcasts, I do not know her. I haven't met her. I am sure that she is a very sweet, likable, lovely young lady. 
But she is becoming the example of every reason why I said they need to have these girls go hit some independent wrestling promotions before they be stepping into a wild ring. That is that is just my opinion. I would love to hear anybody else's. If if you feel differently, like, oh, man, she was great, please put it in the comments below and explain to me why you think that she was great. But, um, like, it's just little things. Like, her being out on the apron and not knowing to move to the, to the empty slot when uh, – when one of her partners tags out. Now, that wouldn't be a big deal if it wasn't the fact that she was basically in the way when Fear was trying to get back on the outside. And, and you know, she's not moving. It's like it looked really awkward. And this is on an edited show. It's like, wow, I shouldn't be seeing these moments of awkwardness in here. Yeah, again, I'm like, look, if, if you don't want to cycle around to the other side, I, I get that. But, you know, you, you, you're making it convenient or easy for your partner also and she just was not doing it just seemed like she was getting in the way um most of the matches worked between razor and fury taking on uh cella and sassy massey that was the bulk of the match mesmer got in once as did keto rush uh the action looked awkward there and you know the the it's almost it was almost like Mesmer kind of tripped over her own feet and and doing you know walking in there. Uh, from out of nowhere, Razor wins with a clothesline on Keita Rush again. This is the first time that she's in the ring, and she gets caught. Boom! One, two, three. The Cycle Sisters win. Uh, aside from Fury and Razor, I, I, I you know I'm trying to be as nice as I can because I I don't. I don't want to come off as, you know, being a mean to, to her because, like I said, I'm pretty sure she's a sweet young lady. But my first note that I wrote after watching this is that she's not ready. You know, it, it it just didn't mix up. It, it just it felt awkward. It felt like wrong, you know, I'm in the wrong place. I'm not, you know, not really moving along as, as I should be. I get the fact that they have their own training center. I, I understand that WoW is back into the business of we'll, we'll build our own stars, and that's fine. But there's a reason that those, you know, there's a, a, a hierarchy in most things in life. Sending somebody out onto a national stage when they really haven't had the opportunity to work out the bugs and what they're doing does not do that person any favors. It just doesn't. And that's not her fault. That's not Mesmer's fault. You know, if she auditioned for a while, she tried out for a while, and she went through that training camp, and they said, all right, you're fine. Let's, let's just put you on TV. That You know, I don't expect her to turn around and be like, no, I'm not ready. Because this is not anything new, and it's not uh, anything that is centered to while all wrestling promotions have done it. They stuck somebody on their television who was was just not ready yet for what they're doing. Doesn't mean that they couldn't get it. Doesn't mean that they wouldn't have learned it. But you know they they've all had that opportunity. I mean, look, the the, the holy grail, as they call it on the WWE Network, was built around the fact that you had Mega Man Tom McGee 
and he had a match with Bret Hart where Bret made him look like he knew what he was doing, and he, you know, he wasn't really quite ready for that. And it, and it, you could go on and on and on. There's probably any number of other matches that I could dig through and dig up out of my mental database that have all kind of done the same thing. But the bottom line is is just what I said. Doing this does not do her specifically any favors. I'm sure she has the fundamentals of being a wrestler down. I'm sure she, you know, has the 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 basics of what they've taught her down. Otherwise she probably wouldn't be on television at all. But is she ready for prime time? Probably not. And that that might be a hard pill to swallow, but I mean let's let's look at the, the facts of life here. You don't take a guy out of basketball camp and then stick them in the NBA because they did well. You don't take a comedian or a would-be comedian and give them a sitcom and then say, figure out how to be funny. It don't work that way. Mesmera probably has a, a nice upside to her and, and could very well get all this down. But there's some things that Wild doesn't have that she probably could use. Uh, I'll, I'll use her tag team partner as as an example. Harlow O'Hara is what she's known as independently. Fury is who she's known as on television. Okay? Now, when she got in, uh, the training camp that she was part of, first off, they train every other day, but one of the, you know, not every other. I think they're like four or five days out of the week. But the thing that helped push her along at that point was also once you got to a level where the trainer said, okay, you're ready to do shows. She took taking shows. They ran a show once a month, so she, she knew that she was always going to be out there in front of a crowd and that whatever problems that she had, she, she could iron them out right there. Uh, and then she was taking independent booking. So you now, now you're getting a chance to feel it in another ring and working with this person and work with that person. And, you know, either you got to step up the game or you got to get left behind. And when you're working independently, the idea is you got to step up your game. I, I really think that there are probably a handful of women that are on wild television right now that could use that service where they could use going into the independence so they can step up their game. Mesmer, Dagger, Faith the Lioness, although Faith, I would say, is probably the least uh, needing of that of, of the three. She just she just needs to polish up. I like her. I think she's got a huge upside to her. But it would be who of Mesmer, whatever her real name happens to be, to uh, – really practice that because if she is doing what wild girls have done in the past and i'm and by wild girls i mean the ones that have been traditionally inside the wild scope trained by wild presented by wild don't wrestle any place else other than wild if she's one of those girls and she is only wrestling during the uh the season like when we do a taping hey i wrestle and then when the season's done all right i'm finished and if that is the case it is not going to work well for her. Keep in mind that this is an edited show. This show is shot, 
recorded, edited, and that was the best performance that they came up with, if that gives you any idea. That right there was the best performance that they could come up with off of her. So that should say something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Razor cuts a promo for the tag team titles after after they win the match. Essentially saying the Psycho Sisters are, you know, uh, next in line. They, they, they want their shot, which is good. They should. They shouldn't let being eliminated, being eliminated from the tournament dissuade them from uh, getting a championship opportunity. It's, that should never happen. Uh, so I like this. I like I like the tag team. I like the uh, insistence on we don't care that we've been put out, that we're coming for the belts. Um, segment six, the disciplinary versus Reyna Reyes, which is just hearing those two into it, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Uh, you, you got two people with train one by Lance Storm, the other one by Booker T. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting this to be a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. However, I will say one of the things that really, really surprised me here was Samantha Smart. I mean, <laughs> I have been wanting her to be a manager for a long time. I mean, I know she's a manager on paper, but not just stand there. I've been wanting her to do some stuff as a manager for a long time, and she did it. And I was like. <laughs> Like that just made my day when when I saw her out there and she was getting involved in the match. I was like, "Yes, finally!" And, and I, I was, I wish I could say that the match was the best thing out there for me. But legitimately, seeing Samantha Smart do something outside was just so much. It was so entertaining for me. So anyway, we got the commentators. Telling the story of the disciplinarian having anger problems, anger issues, which they did talk about in some regard in one of the previous episodes. But I, other than than her frowning up all the time, I was like, where's these anger problems that she should be mad that she lost? What anger problems is being angry unreasonably. You know, now I can see if they did a vignette. Let's just say that they, you know, Samantha Smart and and uh uh disciplinarian out somewhere and they're parking a car or something and somebody pulls in front of her and then she just get out the, the car just yelling and screaming and takes her paddle and starts whacking other person's gun. That's anger problems. You know what I mean? Just just her being mad that she lost is like, you should be mad that you lost. So so I, I, that part of, of the story that they're trying to tell, I didn't get. And then we just kind of glaze over it. But anyway, uh, I already said that Samantha made me happy here. I put in my notes, smart, more involved in the match. That equals good. Um, the disciplinarian, at some point in the match, she hits a cutter, but Reyes kicks out. Now the frustration kicks in on the disciplinarian. She calls for the yardstick. Samantha Smart blatantly slides that into her. The disciplinarian picks it up and is getting ready to whack it across Reyes' head, but uh, the referee stops it. Now, you know, it, because he's doing it, uh, she she's doing it out in the open. So he does the the ref thing, like no, he can't do that. Grabs it and he walks over to the uh, other side of the ring so he can put it down. Meanwhile, as he's doing that, the disciplinary snatches Reyes up. Smart pulls out a second yardstick from underneath the ring. Why why it was there, I don't know. We'll just assume that she was smart enough to put a second one there, just you know, just in case. We'll we'll, we'll fill in the blanks there. So she. Disciplinary walks Reyes over to the apron. She gets ready to, you know, hold her so Samantha can smack her across the head with the yardstick. Reyes moves, 
And Yosnik comes down across the head of the disciplinarian, knocking her down and seemingly out. That's a stiff yardstick. So she goes out off of this miscommunication. And Rez is about to make the pin. Samantha's looking around. She grabs the referee's leg, drags him out of the ring, which was, you know, fantastic. Yes, <laughs> again, I was like, this is the most involvement I've seen out of her, and I was, I was really just kind of taken with that. So the ref's out in the ring, and he's complaining, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And, you know, and she's trying to, uh, I don't want to say talk herself out of it, but you, you know how managers do that. We're, I didn't do anything. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. That 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 type of thing. But as she's doing that, uh, Raina Reyes comes out to the, the apron, walks over and gives Samantha a side kick. So Samantha takes a bump. She takes that pop in the side of the head, and boom, she goes down to the floor. Again, good stuff. Because, hey, if you're going to be the manager, you're going to be involved, you, you, you got to take the bump sometimes. And and I really hope that this is the opening of a of something good with her because one of the one of the highlights of having managers back in the day wasn't necessarily that you saw the manager wrestle it was that you saw the manager get his comeuppance like you know they interfere and they interfere and they interfere and they interfere and then you, you always had that stipulation to come down like hey if i beat your your person i get five minutes with the manager and people would pop for that. They, they would pop for that because the manager never got in the ring, or at least they tried to do it very seldomly. They did everything they could to get away from it. And you just wanted to see them get it once. Just like right here. I was like, I'm sure that, that crowd sees Samantha Smart did it for the first time. I'm seeing her get it for the first time. Just And it was there was some sort of gratification off of that. I was like, oh, man, she she took a bump here. She She got hit. Good for her. <laughs> and so now she goes down. Reyes goes up to the top. Disciplinary is still down on the mat. And now we got a sky twist to press. Boom. One, two, three. Reyes wins. And another loss for the disciplinarian, unfortunately. Who I, you know, I that's another person I absolutely adore, Robin Reed. So if you get a chance to see her while she's rusting out on independence, uh, go check her out. Segment seven, uh, Gabby Lauren. Interviews both teams that's in the finals, and uh, my notes here were Gabby Lauren from nowhere. They they didn't introduce her. They didn't explain who she was. I mean, she hasn't been on the show all season, so it's it wasn't that the that the interviews were bad. The interviews were perfectly fine. You know, Gabby's a, a great interviewer. I think part of this is that somebody there assumed that, oh, well, the world knows who Gabby is or the wrestling fans know who she is. And some of them may. That's possible. But I think that they would, they did a little bit of a disservice here, especially, you know, you can look at this one of two ways. Either there were fans out there who had no idea who Gabby Lauren is and probably could have had her introduced to the fan that didn't know her and, you know, it's, then you can kind of understand and, I guess, maybe promote her, uh, I think her podcast or whatever the heck she does at the same time. Or the other side of that coin is for the ones that did know her, you play her up as a big deal. You know, Gabby Lawrence is joined the Wild Ross as our new backstage interviewer, et 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the uh, the interview was fine. I just I, I I didn't understand why they didn't take the time to introduce her or introduce her properly because I know they can. I know that they're capable of getting the video packages. I know that they could put stuff together. I know they could have they could have just as easily tossed it in the back and be like, hey folks, we're going to the backstage for an interview with the one and only Gavin Laura from Fill in the Blank. And, you know, that that would have done something. It would have been better than what we got. It was just throat to like, hey, I'm here with the Monsters of Madness. So again, interview's fine. They just didn't really uh do anything beyond that. Segment eight, we plug in the wild website, which is probably what they should do. A little bit of a wild title recap, talking about Jungle Girl and Tessa Blanchard in that match. Uh, I just want to make note here because I, I call this a happy accident because I'm sure it wasn't intended to happen. But if you go back and you look at that that little segment, this video package that I'm talking about right here, they they have a perfect angle where after Tessa does the top rope cold breaker, she knocks Jungle Girl down. Jungle Girl goes to her back. Tessa rolls her up, and she rolls her foot right on top of the bottom rope. So as this count is going down, at least for two seconds of it, Jungle Girl's foot is on the rope. And I saw that. I was like, okay, I know that wasn't supposed to happen. I know Jungle Girl was supposed to go down here. But, man, is if that isn't the best accident that you can have right there then i don't know what is i've always maintained that jungle girl should be the legacy of of the wild universe she should be the legend if you will of the wild universe and she's gone within the uh the annals of wow fairly well undefeated she's she's taken what maybe two two pinfall losses or you know something along those something along those lines both from Tessa Blanchard. Well, three if you include, you know, back in the day. But she, her win-loss record, as far as Wild's concerned, is, is impeccable. The one thing that I felt like after watching this was she should have a second means of uh, plausible deniability. You know, I guess that, that would be the, the, the phrase or something along those lines. She can say, okay, look, yeah, I give Tessa Blanchard credit. She is as tough as anybody I've ever wrestled. She did beat me, but it is not an undisputed loss. I will accept the loss. I will accept the fact that my shoulders were down because I'm a competitor and I, you know, I I, I give credit where credit is due. But if you look at the the footage, watch the footage, David McClain. My foot was on the rope. It was on the rope for at least two out of the three counts. The referee didn't see it. He should have called that. And I should have I should have had the, the chance to have that count broken so I could get the opportunity to keep fighting. Because that's what we do. We fight. You know, and I I would have fought to the bitter end and I you know, I still got stuff left in me. I still got fight left. That is where I that's how I would play it up at this point. Just use that footage for to give Jungle Girl an out, so she can always come back and say, "Okay, yeah, I I lost. True enough. I'm not gonna take that away. I'm not gonna try to, uh, you know, erase history or whatever, what have you." But two things I would have gotten out of that: I was like, one, I'm still coming for the championship. I still got, you know, that I still have my sights set on being the number one woman wrestler in the world, and two. 
Tess and I, one of these days, are going to get back in that ring and we are going to settle it. You know, one way or the other. It won't be no three-way. It won't be no blind referee that can't see us. We are going to settle this in the story. And that would get me another match right there. Just add on another stipulation or something like that. It's like we, we're going to have a second referee, one roaming outside, one inside. You know, uh, I don't know. No, no count out, no disqualification, must be a winner. You know, some, something along that lines just to make it big. And uh, if you really want to go off of 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 uh, what's going on, you, you put the title at stake somehow or whatever. You know. So anyway, <clears throat> we, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. It could be a championship match or, or something along those lines, right? Uh, I, I, that's a lot of fancy booking. It, <laughs> It's, anyway, uh, let me keep rolling because there's a lot of stuff to get to. So after we do that, after my happy happy accident segment, we go to segment nine, tag team championship matches promoted for the main event, which is great. They always do a good job on the video packages. Never have a problem with them doing the video packages. You know, they, they do wonderful with that. Um, it's the Monsters of Madness, Havoc and Hazard versus Fire and the Drilling. And the baby faces open up with the exact same damn thing that the first set of baby faces did at the beginning of the show. We walk in here, we immediately turn our backs on the heels by stepping up on the ropes and and looking to the crowd and then get jumped from behind. So I you know I don't know. I, I guess you you do what you do. So the heels are physically controlled. I mean they're beating fire up. I and mean, then first off they're just beating up at, you know the both of them. And this is a, a, for lack of better definition, this is a David versus Goliath match. You know, the tiny, speedy team versus the big, powerful team. I gave my predictions for this last week, and I stand by it. Uh, they beat up from fire for a significant amount of time. She makes the tag. Drillin comes in, you know, and, and she is really tearing it down. Up until she's cut off. She's sent it to the ropes, have it kicks her in the face, when she goes through the ropes, has it, grabs her from behind, German suplex, now we're back in control. Uh, there's been multiple times in here where Havoc gets to show off her strength advantage and her size advantage. And the, and the, this is one thing that I, I absolutely want to give both of them credit for. They did not play it down the middle or try to be iffy. The Monsters of Madness were heels. And they were clear heels. They weren't trying to be cool heels or get the people to kind of cheer for them and this, that, and the other. They were just beating these two girls up unmercifully, trying to just be as mean as possible. And on the other side of the fence, you had a drilling, you had fire, who were doing everything that they could fight from underneath, not wanting to give up, kicking out at every turn, crawling to the apart. I mean, it was it was almost like help me, you know that. Reaching out to their for their partner from across the ring, that you know, try trying their best, everything that they could possibly do not to go down in defeat. And I, I'll admit, I love this. I love this. I love this match. It is. It was a. It was a good tag team match. Nothing super fancy or anything like that, but just in the story that they were able to tell in the ring, bell to bell. I thought they did fantastic. 
And I mean, I, I I I would imagine that it probably is no surprise that they would do well. I mean, look at who we got in the ring. We got Diamante. We got Kerr Hogan. We got Jessica Havoc. We got um crap. <laughs> Such a, Hazard is who she goes by in a while, but I I just completely lost uh, her her working indie name. Uh, it'll probably come to me a little bit later. But the the point being is that all four of them. Work the independence, and and they're good at what they do, and so seeing them do this and being able to do what they're doing inside the ring is is not a shock to me. And and I thought that as far as tag matches are concerned, that they really kind of held it together and told that story. You know, I am bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, and I'm going to beat you up almost to the point that it wasn't even about the win for them for a good couple of minutes. They were just abusing them just to abuse them. And then you had, like I said, firing the drilling. They're on the other side. They're desperately trying to find air or opportunity to get by or tag or survive or win or whatever. You know, they're, they're doing everything, everything possible. So here we are. They're, they're, they're abusing them and doing all these heinous things to them. Fire gets back in after, you know, a drilling has survived this vicious onslaught. Uh, Hazard tags in and sends fire into the turnbuckles. Charges in, fire flips over. Well, not flips, over, leaps up, hooks the arms, flips over. Now she's in a sunset flip out of nowhere on Hazard. One, two, three. We got new tag team champions crowned, and David McLean presents the belts, and they got a stream of celebration and all that good stuff. So for the first time in a long time, Wow has tagged. Team champions. And then the celebration got cut off. <laughs> Malaya Hosaka and two new yet unnamed ladies uh, came in and immediately attacked the champions uh, in an invasion style uh, kind of event. I'll be honest with you. I, I This is another element of that that I really enjoyed. However, the one, the one thing I, I want to add to it is I really wish, and this is nothing against Malaya Hosako, the two young ladies. Let, let, let me just start with that because this is not a knock on them. I just wish that that slot, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect for Cage Heat. This is what I was pitching some time ago. It, this would have been the perfect slot for Cage Heat to make a return. Now, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think they're pretty much done at this point, and that's unfortunate. But this would have been the absolute best time for them to do it. The celebration's going on. You got KG sliding to the ring, beat him up, and then send him outside and then cut a promo. The only thing that I would have had that would have been different is that KG would have came out with the original belts, the original gold belts, claiming that, no, I don't care what kind of tournament you had. There's only one tag team champions, you know, one set of tag team champions in WoW, and it's us, and then you can start up the new program. But that didn't happen. But this is just as good, and 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 I don't I don't mind that the baby faces got cut off here because you know that happens. It's wrestling. But what I do say, if you don't get anything else out of this, listen to Malaya Hosaka cut this promo at the end of the show. This is probably you know out out of the entire season, I had two promos that I really enjoyed. That was one Jungle Girl and two this one. Why? Because they felt unscripted and they felt about as real as you could get as far as 
while I was concerned. I I enjoyed this. Malaya Hosaka comes out, and if you're a fan of women's wrestling, then you know her. So it makes you know the the things that she's saying in that makes sense. You know she's she's laying down law. She's talking about her you know her girls that she's that she's got in here, and you know that she didn't say she's gonna take over, but you know she she's just putting this whole story out about who she is, and you know some of us don't have aren't born into the wrestling business. We we join in, and you know they they become whatever. You know, I'm not a natural born legend. I am a living legend. I love that line. That was that was a great line. So if you if you'd missed anything else in here, go back and watch the main event, watch the tag team match, watch them do what they're doing, and then stay tuned for that promo and the 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 jumping of the baby faces by Exile. So we got the uh Monsters of Madness out. And exile is in. I don't know if that's going to continue on, if they're going to go chasing after the championships. or. But I would imagine that Fire and Adrenaline at least have to deal with them at some point in a tag match. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm sure we got to wait for it, but I'm looking forward to that. That was the end of the first episode. Episode uh, 211. And we roll over to the final, final episode. 212, which is uh, leading towards the the big match, at least as far as Wild's concerned, Tessa Blanchard versus The Beast. The Beast finally getting her world title opportunity. And we're going to say world title because that's how they address it. Uh, <clears throat> it starts off segment one of this, of this show, recapping the tag title victory that we just saw last week. Or in this case, just saw like two minutes ago, uh, and then after after that happens, they review um, Tessa Blanchard and how she got there. One thing, I, how she got to be in the, the top girl, I should say, and the champion. I, I enjoyed it, but one thing I didn't necessarily agree with is that they said Tessa caused Santana Garrett to leave wrestling indefinitely. I <laughs> I didn't I didn't agree with them doing that. Not that they don't have the right to. I mean because it's their narrative. They can they can say whatever they want. It's just you know sometimes wow is like a tale of two promotions. And I don't know what they are trying to do on on some occasions. They're like, "Okay, look. Are you going to act as if there is no other wrestling promotion in the world, and just WOW is the only wrestling that there is? Or are you going to do the other side and acknowledge these places? And in some cases, they acknowledge them by name. So I don't so I don't know which way they're going. It's like you can't really service both of those masters. You got you got to pick one or the other. That that was the only reason. I was like, I don't mind them necessarily saying it. I was like, but you got to pick one or the other here. I was like, are, are you acknowledging other wrestling companies exist, or are you not acknowledging other wrestling companies exist? The reason I say that is because if you are a wrestling fan and you follow it, you already know that Santana Garrett is signed to NXT, so she's not she has not left wrestling indefinitely. She left Wow indefinitely, and they could have said that. She's not. She's no longer involved in the Wild Universe, 
and that would have been you know perfectly acceptable because she's not she's she's left and I and as long as she's under NXT contract I don't expect her to go back anytime soon but when you're wow and you're mentioning impact wrestling and you're mentioning wrestlemania you're missing mentioning triple a clearly they are acknowledging that these other places exist and so if you're going to acknowledge that then i just i just say go all the way go all the way with it and just say you know tessa blanchard ran her out of wow boom you're done doesn't doesn't require saying she left wrestling because we know that that is easily disproven Kind of the same way I was like all about that whole, oh, she hadn't been beaten in 18 years. Like, you know, that that's an easily disproven thing. So, you know, let, let's stick to the stuff that we can kind of control the narrative of. So we, we have that. My note there was they, they shouldn't have said it. But the point being about this entire package is setting up the Beast versus Tessa Blanchard uh, finally in the main event. The next note that I have here is how did the Beast get this shot? It has been the story of WoW for weeks that Tessa has done everything in her power to avoid having to wrestle against the Beast. She has uh, interfered. She's had Sofia Lopez do some things. She's she's stepped in and, and uh, managed to orchestrate who her opponents were going to be all of all supposedly in the name of getting around having to wrestle the beast and then here she is having to wrestle the beast without necessarily any rhyme reason or explanation other than is the main event and is the and it's the final and the beast has the shot as you know so that that part of the storytelling is kind of you know lost on me and I know that we were getting to this point. I know that we were we were ultimately coming to Tessa Blanchard versus the Beast. That was going to take place eventually. What I didn't get here is like, okay, why is she not somehow contractually forced into it by David McClain or, you know, the Beast threatens her or, you know, if you don't sign this contract, I'm going to break Sophia's neck or I'm going to break your leg, you know, something, something to have made it come across like, okay, I have no choice now other than to wrestle her. If you, you duck me long enough, if you don't give me my title shot, I will smash out. I will physically push your car off of, off of a cliff. If you don't sign this contract, you know, anything, it would have made it, it would have made it feel legit. It's like, other because at this point it just feels like, okay, well, I waited long enough. Here's my shot. So what was all that ducking and dodging for? Well, if it was a case of I'm just gonna wait until I get it, or I'll get it without any any real problems, what was the ducking and dodging for? Why did we go through all of that? Why why did we have this long storyline of oh yeah, well they, I'll, I'll wrestle whoever, but today I'm gonna wrestle so and so, or today I'm gonna wrestle. I mean I, I already had some level of issue with that storyline. Because none of them were easy opponents. Not Raina Rez, not a Serpentine, not Faith the Linus. None of them were easy opponents. So I didn't even get the idea that she was ducking to try to hold on to her championship when her ducking trying to hold on to her championship was being met with legitimate contenders. 
if anything, it made Tessa come off like I'm like, okay, she's a fighting champion. So I don't, I'm not understanding what the issue here is. You know, she's a fighting champion, but yet somehow she doesn't want to fight this person. You know, or, or the same, and, and the kind of same thing with Jungle Girls. Like, you know, she was avoiding Jungle Girl also. And she went on and on and on. But yet at the end of it, she fought against her. She fought back. And she, you know, ultimately came off like an admirable champion, not really like a heel. That's just me. <laughs> and I, I would love to hear uh, some other people's uh, definition of that. Uh, the second segment is the Princess Ozzy vignette, recapping Ozzy's uh, storyline with uh, Holiday and, and and Siren. We talked about that not too long ago. And then we go into the uh, segment three, which is the actual match, Holiday versus uh, Princess Ozzy. Um, <sighs> Some of the story isn't clear to me. This is another one where I think that it's a little bit dropped on who, how, and what's going on. It's not that the commentators haven't done their job of trying to explain it, because they did. They try to fill in the blanks as best they can, and they tell you, hey, you know, this is happening or that's happening, what have you. But they also talk about things like, hey, I, th- I think she might be brainwashed. It's like, we we never see that. As the viewer, we never see these things. So despite the fact that the commentators are uh, trying to fill in blanks we do not see these things occur we don't see uh any signs of ozzy not looking like princess oz it's not like she you know came out there looking like she hadn't slept in two days or you know it's not like she came out and was enchanted or in, enchanted i guess to say by siren or or something along those lines we don't we don't see any of that. So, you know, it it just it doesn't really uh it doesn't really connect. I, I guess that's that's the thing. Now the match itself is fine. It was, you know, that again, you have two people in there that, that are pretty good at what they're doing. Uh Holiday, who whose uh, identity really you know, she's one of the few people that walked into that company and, and really maintained who she was. Like you, you got a handful of girls that walked into there and and were untouched. Holiday is one of them. <laughs> like she she's an untouched personality, and you know the same one that you see on the independent circuit is pretty much the same one that you see in there. But uh, uh, the, the commentators before I go to the match, the commentators talk about the loss of the sticks again. Um, we we never. We never really see that either. I mean, we see the sticks get burned, but we don't see Ozzy react to it. We don't hear her talk about it. We don't hear her say one word like, you know, those sticks were meant the world to me. They were from my family, this, that, and the other. You know, basically the commentators on on uh, the mic explaining a story that she never said. They're saying... You know, and this isn't verbatim, but you'll get the point. They're saying that uh, the, the sticks represented her spirit and her strength and this, that, and the other. And then D- Stephen Dick is like, well, I believe that, you know, her strength is inside of her. And, you know, she, she, she all she got to do is dig deep, you know, that type of thing. 
But again, you know, we never get that story from Ozzy. It's not like Ozzy ever came out and said, man, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this again. Those sticks completed me. They they gave me strength. They, they made me feel like I could take on the world. And now they're burned, they're destroyed, they're ruined. She, she took a part of me when she took these sticks away from me, these bamboo sticks that have been passed down from generation, something. We never got any of it, and that and that, all that stuff I just said just came off the top of my head. Now that that actually now, now that I'm thinking about it, that was actually a pretty good promo. But uh, but if she had done something along those lines to make me feel like okay, well, all right, I understand what these these mean to her now. You know, other than the the commentators having to do it, that it's just another one of those things where what was going on in the ring was fine from bell to bell. They were great. But the story that they were trying to tell before and after that, or during, in the case of the commentators, I thought missed out just a little bit. Ozzy should have said something. She should have gotten at least some promo time to explain or a sit-down interview, anything, just to get that across. And they never did. Uh, somewhere in the course of this match, they also, and this is just a side note, they bring up Teal Piper before her official on-camera debut. I don't know why they did that. I thought it would be you know, a little bit bigger to kind of talk it up before, you know, just before she actually shows up on the screen, not just in a random comment, but, you know, who knows. Anyway, uh, the, the, getting to the end of the, the, the end of the match, Princess Ozzy gains control, stops a superplex from, uh, stops a second superplex. She got hit with one a couple of minutes before this. She kicks out. Holiday's trying to go for it again. Ozzy stops that, shoves her off, sends her down. The frog splash is Ozzy's finish. She goes for the frog splash. She hits it, and then the Psycho Sisters run in to attack. The match ends in a no contest, and it basically winds up with all three members of the Psycho Sisters taking on Siren Holiday and, and Ozzy in a fight until the referees come out there and break it up. So the per- the plus here is that we know the story is going to continue on. We know the story is going to uh, get some other resolve to it. And so there's still more to explain because I thought it was a little bit unfinished. And I was hoping that I was like, well, this doesn't really feel like it it, it, it resolved anything. But uh, we know that it's going to continue on. We know that just based on this, they're going to pick it up with something. And uh, hopefully it'll be explained in full what, what's going on. But uh, there we have it, man. It, it it just ends with that. So so the the pages are still turning as it relates to Ozzy and Siren and Holiday. Um, we will end with that. Uh, video package for Teal Piper, uh, featuring footage of Roddy Piper coming out of the Access TV libraries and some some uh, still shots of him at WrestleMania, basically setting up who Teal Piper is here, which I thought. This that should have been the, the first introduction to her, not just some flippant random comment. Uh, again, not a big deal, but that's just my personal opinion about it. Um, so they set that up, and then they also set up. And tonight, folks, we got an announcement for the one and only Genie Bus, and blah blah blah. Uh, the next segment, segment five is essentially a segment that is out of continuity of, of wow. 
has nothing to do with any storyline before or after it. So, you know, just just to kind of make that clear. Because Tessa comes out, the ring is surrounded, David McClane's in there with her, and it is a case of uh, Tessa being completely out of uh, character, so to speak. You know, Tessa's a, by and large, although she isn't all the time, but by and large, Tessa Blanchard is a heel. Now, first thing I want to say is that this segment that they put on the air was sent out some weeks ago. You might have seen it on the on uh, our Facebook page because I, it was sent to me and then I posted it. <clears throat> so it's not anything new. It, it is, you know, the long and short of it is that uh, they had a, a, a brief ceremony for Jeannie Buss, thanking her for her time and her effort that she put into women's wrestling because some of these women here wouldn't have the opportunity to do this if not for you. And they created a, a championship belt with her name engraved in it and uh, presented by Dave McClain, and he put it around her waist and so on and so forth. So, yay, Jeannie Buss has that. Uh, I've already gone into, you know, who I felt offered contributions in that uh, before, uh, and, and I certainly don't want to discount Jeannie Buss because she, you know, does. Uh, look, she's she's funding WOW. <laughs> so so that alone should say something. So you can't really take that I take that away. I just don't think that she is the sole reason that some of them are working. I was like, ah, that's a little bit far. And, you know, some of them will be doing that regardless of whether WOW existed or not. Um, uh, we uh, go to the next segment, which is yet another video package. We got a couple of video packages going back to back to back here. Uh, Eye Candy, which is uh, Willow Nightingale out on the – the uh, Indies, Nevea. That's who I was thinking about. I, I don't know where that just came from. When I when I said I, I couldn't remember who Hazard was, Nevea. That that's who it was. It, that that was just out of the clear blue, dude. I don't know what that why that hit me right then and there, but it just but it just did. So anyway, I'm sorry. I I just had to get that out. Um, Willow Nightingale on the Independent Circuit. I can't hear. Wow. Uh, this is a nice package here. I I enjoyed this because a it is it is an update on what's going on with her. We we know that she had been injured, suffered a broken neck in the ring on the independent show. They make clear to say an independent show and not that it took place in the wild. They they was clear about that in the uh, press conference a couple of weeks ago or several weeks ago, and they're clear about it now. They they do not want that mistaken for she got hurt there so uh but she's talking about the injury and they show you know they show some footage i don't know whether the footage comes from her i'm assuming it comes off her cell phone because it it looks different it's not as cinematic as what wow has done which i i like that i I like the fact that you have some footage that looks different you know (laughs) It, it, it feels like it came from someplace else so they incorporated her talking about her injury on camera in a sit-down interview-type scenario along with this video blog footage that she has, you know, kind of hearing the ups and downs and so on and so forth, which is, uh, you know, at some points a little depressing. <laughs> Maybe depressing is too strong, but, you know, you, you kind of feel for it because you're hearing her say, this is all I ever wanted to do and, you know, I like a, like the reality of how bad you can get hurt doing this had settled settled in once she took place. She's talking about you know when she when she went down, how she felt tingles in her arm and this that and the other. And she got the screws and they showed the X rays. 
So, you know, it's one of them things like this this is not storyline. This is real life here. This this is one of those things where we're not necessarily blurring the lines, but they're letting people in so they can understand what is going on with this particular persona and when and if she's coming back. I'm assuming when because she sounds pretty determined and I don't think they would have her talking about all this if it was a case of I'm never stepping back into a ring. But uh, she she's there, and she she made that that clear that this is what she wants, and so I expect I candid to be back, um, perhaps season three. Um, Teal Talk is segment seven, and as you would guess, Teal Talk is her incarnation of what Piper's Pit was. Uh, Teal Piper in this environment is clearly heel. I think this is probably something that needs to go on at least every other show or something along those lines because this segment was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that it's just a talking segment between her and and, and another wild superhero. I enjoyed the fact that it gave an opening to really kind of, I don't want to say, know who Steffi Slays is because she and that was who the guest was in this particular instance but it, it gave you more of Steffi that we probably had gotten up until this point and I was like okay this is maybe the most I've heard her talk outside of a video package or you know some pre-recorded you know, all of it's pre-recorded but outside of some video package I mean actually see her on camera with a microphone in her face when she's talking to somebody now, it just so happens that she's talking to a heel interviewer, but still, it gave some sort of personality to Steffi that I felt that she didn't have before. Teal also provided some personality. Like I said, there's no mistaking here that she's heel in this particular environment. She's talking down to her. She's being condescending. She's you know, talking about how sickeningly good that uh uh, uh, Steffi Slays is, and she's making excuses for why she won in the first place against the disciplinarian, saying, "Oh, well, you know, how does it feel to win against somebody who was sick that day?" And you know, and stuff like that, which I, th- which I thought was really cool. I was like, "That, that, that was good stuff." Uh, listen, Teal is only going to get better. Uh, she, she's good on the, seemingly pretty good on the mic right now. I don't know if that was pre, you know, written out or, or she. Uh, winged it. I don't. But either way, she did. She did a good job there. The thing that she's going to have to work on is just the in-ring stuff. If, if she can, if she can master that, and she's another one. I said it about Mesmer and Dagger and 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 Faith the Lioness. I'm a, I'm gonna put Teal in that category too. If she can go and hit some of these other wrestling promotions, I'm sure Wild probably does not necessarily encourage that. But if she can go hit some of these other wrestling promotions and, and get some some extra experience outside of WoW, I think it would do wonders for her. Because she's already gotten her personality kicked off. She's already feeling who Teal Piper is as far as a WoW superhero is concerned. And I don't think, just based on you know her background and her acting experience, that that part is going to be difficult for her. It's going to be the physicality. So if, if she can do that, she'll be you know a pretty complete package. Um, so far so good, man. This is Teal is good at this, and I like that. Uh, Steffi, <laughs> she she present she presented herself as as if I don't want to say being out of her league, but as Teal is talking to her, 
Steph is kind of like, okay, uh, well, can we do this later? You know, let's just set this up for later. She walks off. So I thought that was, you know, it was like, all right, yeah, she's she's playing into this whole thing, and I and I like that. That that it helps tell who Teal Piper is, and uh, I, I would like to see more of it. I, I'm I'm really kind of disappointed that we had to go all season to be able to see Teal Piper do this at all, because now you gotta wait. So, so but it's all good. I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll see it at some point. The only thing that I added to this on my note was I wish she had a set. I wish she I wish they had built something to where she had like her own little backdrop or her own little set or you know something that she could do and I thought that would be cool. And it would be nice to see if they ever let her do that in the ring. This took place backstage. This took place like in a ball it looked like a ballroom in the background or something like that. Um I'm not saying that she has to do a Piper's Pit in the ring. I mean do a Teal's talk in the ring uh, because Piper Pitt took place in the ring at some point, but it would be nice to see if she could do it. Now, again, it's a very uh, edited show, so I would never know if she did it straight up anyway, but it would be cool to see if that was the case. Like, could she go out there and really ream these people verbally on the mic, you know, in front of a live audience? That I'd love to see. The next segment, segment eight, features Steffi Slays in a video package highlighting her background, talking about how she was bullied as a kid, and essentially rolling over into the history between her and Abilene Maverick, which is more or less taking place, I think, over the course of like a, a season and a half between these two. Uh, the package is good. What it doesn't do is basically the same thing I said with some of these other things. It doesn't explain how we got there. It doesn't explain why Abilene is not continuing to attempt to duck Steffi. If it was so important for her to duck her before, why isn't it not important for her to duck now? Uh, we've seen her fake a knee injury. We've seen her fake the, the, you know, her neck hurts. And, and more or less, the story there has been that she's done everything that she can do to not have to be in a ring with her. But all of a sudden, it's perfectly fine. And, you know, the the commentators at least try to make mention of it. Like, oh, you know, she's got, she's cleared now and she can get into the ring and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it, it doesn't really define why she's getting in the ring today. I mean, it just happens. <laughs> That's all I can say. It just happens. It's just, okay. She's no longer hurt, and she's got the medical clearance, and here she is. You know, she's she's in there. And I, I, I didn't necessarily agree with that. I was like, again, tell me why. Tell me why she would do that. Tell me why she is all of a sudden perfectly fine with doing it when she was doing, you know, avoiding her for weeks now. But today is all right. That didn't make sense to me. Never mind the fact that the commentators casually mentioned that uh, Avalyn's career is on the line here. She said if she can't beat her, she'll never, she'll just quit. Wow, like what? What? How is this not a big deal? Why is this not a big deal? Are you telling me that somebody that's on the Wild roster, supposedly the number one women's promotion in the world, where all women wrestlers strive to want to get to? 
This is, you know, with the featured, the top championship that any woman could ever possibly get. Now, laying all of that stuff out on the table and you telling me that losing your career there is not a big deal. It's just, it's just something that we just randomly mentioned and then that's it. That there was, there was no talk about it. Abilene never said it. They didn't have an interview backstage about it. They didn't put a graphic up. They didn't make, they didn't make it into a big deal. Nothing. It's just like, oh yeah, and her career's on the line. Anyway, let's move on. You know that that was that was kind of how it came off. It's like, why is this just some flippant response? This is crazy. It's like you know you you got your career on the line. You at least believe that it would be halfway of a big you know a big deal for a wrestler, uh, or at least talk about it or and. They, I mean, during the match, they didn't even say anything. As their wrestlers, like, oh my God, her career, you know, it wasn't like a, she was two counts away from being out of here forever, David. You know, nothing, nothing like that. It's just once they said it up front, that was all you heard about it. And I'll, I'll even go to the end of this because you know, the the ending was was predictable. Not not like predictable is bad. I'm just saying, you know, you knew it was coming. And uh, it it basically happened after this. First off, Abilene took control over Steffi once she pulled out of the ring. You can fast forward down to the end. Steffi Slays reverses a powerbomb attempt out of the corner into a hurricanrana, seats herself on top of, of Abilene Maverick, and, and she gets the win. She wins the match. And from that point on, they didn't say one word about the career loss or anything like that. She just, and matter of fact, I would say Abilene was pretty much an afterthought at that point. It was all on Steffi. Steffi wins. She finally beats this bully, and this that that was the story. So, so it wasn't even about her. You know, I'm not even sure why they brought that up. And they may address it later on. They may talk about it. You know, next season, like, oh yeah, she's she's got to go, et cetera, et cetera. But why are you not talking about this now? Why is this just something that just came and went? That didn't seem like the uh, the best presentation uh the 10th segment tessa blanchard promo followed by a beast promo which is a you know what can you say about them that the, the, the promos here are pretty well stock and trade they, they pre-record them they put you know they put some cinematics underneath it it's good tessa cuts a good one uh the beast cuts an intense one so it all works uh, going into the last segment and the main event, segment 11, the Bees versus Tessa Blanchard for the world, uh, the wild world title in the main event. Uh, <clears throat> again, it's kind of a similar thing to uh, the Steffi Slay's Abilene Maverick deal. I'm not really sure why she's taking this match now. It doesn't, doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me why all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's perfectly fine. When I've done everything in my power to avoid getting in the ring with the beast and without anybody forcing me to do it, without anybody saying, you know, I'm going to damage something to yours or break your neck or what, you know, hurt some somebody that's close to you without any sort of repercussions as to why she's taking the match. She just takes the match. And I, I don't. I don't get that, and I'm not trying to nitpick the the, the match, but it's a, this is like the second or third thing that has come to with a third, where it's gotten to the end result without explaining how we got to the end result, and it's not explained. Like we've explained all this other stuff, but we couldn't explain that. So that that 
that one left me a little bit lacking in in that regard. But the match itself is entertaining. That uh, the Beast comes out, starts out throwing Tessa around, showing off that power. Uh, Tessa eventually takes control with speed moves. Eventually gets the Beast out of the ring. She attempts a hurricanrana. Now we see another Beast power move. She counters by basically when Tessa tries to come across and flip her over with the hurricanrana. The Beast stops her cold. She just does not go down. Hoister backs up and then turns it into basically a buckle bomb. Uh, the Beast here is made out to be like a juggernaut. Um, the closest thing I could really compare her to is, I don't know, maybe, maybe a Goldberg or Brock Lesnar, you know, without the smash in 30 seconds aura, even though she did that once. But she, but she was presented as uh, powerful, but not unbeatable. Uh, but she, you know, still maintained a, a, a significant amount of, of control and strength. I would say that she was more dominant here than against Tessa than she was against Jungle Girl. Jungle Girl seemed like she met her head on and on her own playing field. But um. We we had a couple of moments where Tessa showed signs of life, signs of hope. She, she tried to dive through the ropes, nailed on the outside, ran back in. Beast follows her through. Duck, you know, comes behind her as she was uh, making the quick turnaround. Her being Tessa Blanchard, she gets caught with a spear. The one thing that they were doing here is that that the moves or the finishing moves that the established finishing moves have been protected. Uh, the Beast. Powerbomb, Tessa Blanchard, uh, Diamond DDT. Uh, Beast tries at least on two or three occasions to go for the the, the powerbomb. Tessa always had found a way out of it. So, we, like I said, we know that this move in, in her world is protected. If she hits you with it, you're pretty much done. I like that as well. Uh, but we, we end with this... Um, Tessa comes off the ropes, tries to catch the Beast in another Hurricanrana, which gets met with the Beast stopping it and turning it into a sit-out powerbomb. She folds Tessa over. You know She gets a good pin in there by pushing like the ankles up and making sure that she's got leverage on her as well. And that's it. The Beast wins the match. She wins the Wild Championship, and she still remains unpinned. Not unbeaten. But she remains unpinned and unsubmitted. So this was uh, this was everything that it should have been. I wish that uh, Tessa was probably a little bit more of a chicken walking <laughs> into this this particular match. But it is everything that it should have been as it relates to to Wow and the Wow Championship and Tessa Blanchard in particular. We knew that the Beast was on the path of getting that title. We we knew that 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 was. You know, everything that we expected to occur. And uh, it, it finally happened. They finally built up to it. So now the question will be, who is going to be there to challenge the beast? Who is, who's in there that can be perceived as a threat beyond Jungle Girl? You know, she she's probably the only other one. Maybe Tessa, if she has a, comp, a, a return match. But in this match, I mean, Tessa was legitimately just tossed around and, you know, shown the, the the power of the beast and 
it, it, it's funny when I when I see it, and I, I guess it's not really relative because Tessa Blanchard defeated Brian Cage. Now that dude is a huge dude. All right. <laughs> she beat Brian Cage to become the number one contender for the Impact Wrestling Championship. But the beast was just so overwhelmingly powerful for her. So I it's just kinda it's kinda funny. But you know, wrestling is wrestling. What can we say? So so that's it, folks. That that was the uh the full on review for two different episodes of Wow Superheroes on Access TV. Uh, I hope that you've actually watched these things before you come through it. But if you but if you didn't and you're just looking for the review uh, just to know what took place, if you don't have uh, Access TV, I appreciate you for it. I appreciate you taking the time to listen so that I can fill you in on uh, how this thing is working, how the, the matches went down, the results, and who is the champion, who is not. And I believe, I believe that makes the Beast number seven in the wild lore of championships or champions, I should say. Who do we got here? We got Terry Gold. We got Danger. We got Lana Star. We got Jungle Girl. We got Santana Garrett. We got Tessa Blanchard. We got Beast. Yep, there you go. That's seven. So that there, there's the lineup. Uh, Beast is the uh, the newest and the latest and greatest to hold the championship. And now only time will tell. They already set up. They already set the stage for who the tag team champions potentially may have to take on. But now the question is, who would the Beast have to take on? It should all be pretty interesting to see. You know, um, getting back to one other thing, I I, want to get this question in real quick before I close up because this has been probably a a longer show than I'm generally uh, used to producing here for for a podcast. Um, But uh, somebody left a, a note basically following the Kelly Klein stuff that I talked about at the beginning of this, essentially saying that uh, she should go to NWA Power. I've, I wish I was on my Facebook. It's on the Facebook page, uh, right under the Kelly Klein stuff. And this and this isn't verbatim because I, I didn't type it out or print it out. But basically uh, saying that she go to uh, NWA Power and drop the belt in the trash uh, in essence, emulating what Medusa did with the the World Wrestling Federation ladies title back in the day on Nitro, and uh, to that person, that that might be very well entertaining. It might it could be, be uh, perceived as entertaining television. Uh, however, however, the NWA, Dave Lagana, Billy Corgan, they have had a pretty reasonable relationship with Ring of Honor. Uh, over the last year um, I'm not sure if Ring of Honor does not help the NWA that they're in the position that they are right now you know they got the chance to defend their titles and present their stars on Ring of Honor shows um, you know Nick Aldis defended the, the championship on the Ring of Ring of Honor shows a couple of times I think um, and they've they've kind of crossed the streams so to speak, I know the Briscoes were were, were feuding for briefly with Aldis and uh, Cabana. So you know, just just in light of the relationship that they had um, with Ring of Honor, I, I sincerely doubt that they would do that. I, I doubt that they would have her come on and throw the title in the trash. Um, now, if 
Kelly wanted to do that on her own. Now, if I was if I was going to make some sort of some version of suggestion, I mean, she could do that on a YouTube channel. You know that the the platforms are a little bit different. She she could let them know what she thinks about them if she if she really felt like it. She could take that toilet and dump it in the trash, and she wouldn't have to leave her house to do it. You know. Now I'm sure, even if she dumped the trash on camera, she would still. Um, send it back to them because it's not her property and if she doesn't give it back she's going to owe money for it but outside of that no I don't I, I do not perceive her doing anything of that nature her going to NWA might be a shoe in uh, that could be a good match seeing her go out to Allison K for the NWA Women's World Championship Allison is a, another pretty powerful young lady who could probably match up with uh, Kelly Klein in terms of uh, size and ability, but um, no, I just all of that to say no. I don't think that you're going to get a another trash dumping championship moment for uh, women's wrestling uh, via Kelly Klein. It, 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 I would be legitimately surprised if that were to occur. And I think that is going to uh, cover all of the the stuff that we are talking about and review and and. Uh, and the episodes and the, the news in the world of, of women's wrestling today. I want to say uh, thank you for y'all tuning in to the program. And for those that have come back or subscribed and, and whatnot, I, I, I really want to thank you most of all <laughs> because without you tuning in or downloading or streaming or whatnot, then, you know, what what is this all for? So if you haven't done it, Depending on where you're listening to, be sure that you subscribe or follow. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and then hit the bell for all the notifications uh, of all episodes that may come up and premieres that are due. Um, if you're listening to this on some other platform, Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, etc., etc., wherever greater podcasts are found, be sure that you follow there as well. And also, if you get the opportunity, leave a review. All these things matter because the reviews help push you up in the rankings, provided that the reviews are good. They, they help push you up in the rankings, they help you be seen, uh, they help potential people know who you are, what you're doing, and whether your, your program is any good or not. And I, I certainly hope that we are producing a quality program here uh, that you guys can sit down, listen to, and enjoy. So wherever your greater podcast is sold, uh, sold. This is all free. This is all free, folks. It's not sold. So let me try it again. So wherever your greater podcasts are available, be sure that you um, go in and download that or subscribe. Make sure you follow, uh, like. You can always go to the Women's Pro Wrestling Network website, WPNWrestling.com. It's the nexus for everything that we have, that we do. And if you're unsure about one thing, you can always click those links on there. It will take you right to it. Speaking of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, follow, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We would uh, certainly appreciate every bit of it. And uh, I guess there's there's uh, new matches that I need to be producing there. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I said I was going to get one up, and I haven't gotten to it yet. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to sit down. It's time to edit some video right now and get this thing underway. So I think uh, we are going to end on that note. So, folks, for myself and the Women's Person Network, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying. 
So long, everybody, and we will see you on the next go-round.